built around the concept that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Well, remember, you were born to win. But in order to be the winner you were born to be, you got to plan to win, you got to prepare to win, and then and only then can you legitimately expect to win. You see, with integrity, you do the right thing. When you do the right thing, there's no guilt. With integrity, you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to hide. See, folks, failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Friends, welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and it is my unique privilege to bring today's profound message to you. The Ziggler Show is founded on what Zig Ziggler, the world's most prolific motivator, devoted his life to, inspiring your true performance. You can have the best tools, uh, resources, and even opportunity, but unless you are truly inspired, you'll be hopeful but remain where you are. What is the definition of inspired? Listen to this. To influence or animate with an idea or purpose. Did you hear that? Animate with a purpose. If you want to take action, you have to know and be motivated by true purpose. That's deep, folks, and it is why you are here. Let's dig in and change your world so you can change this world. We need all you've got to offer desperately. Start your week off right. Get a Ziggler quote sent straight to your text to interrupt your norm and get your week started off inspired. We'll send you a classic Ziggler quote and include a small link that gives you the quote and a great looking image straight from the Ziggler Facebook page. Sign up now by texting Ziggler to 38470. Again, simply text Ziggler to this number 38470 and join the thousands who are starting their week off right. But today, folks, I have something new for you. Zig Ziglar is revered as the father of inspiration, which fuels human performance. The profession he taught and trained was sales, which is the art of influencing others. And he was also a man of great faith and devotion to a higher calling, the calling of Jesus in Zig's case and mine as well. But Zig endeavored to propel us all to great success in our lives. What success, uh, what does it matter without strong, meaningful, loving, relationships. That's our focus today. This brought him to a consistent focus on parenting and even more so marriage. So today I'm going to bring you a clip from Zig discussing courtship after marriage. For you younger folks, that's dating. Uh, If you're not married, I would entreat you to listen in. You can avoid some of the valleys or at least the depths of some of those valleys by getting a clue on some of this great stuff right now. And today I have a special guest to dig into this topic. I'm sitting in the studio side by side with one of the brightest, most intriguing and insightful people I have ever known. She's been married for 23 years. She's birthed seven kids and is adopting more, all of whom uh, she homeschooled for part or all their education. She's currently finishing up her master's in developmental psychology and works in child research at the Gibson Center for Developmental Research in Colorado Springs, Colorado. She lives high up in the Rocky Mountains in a large custom-built home in Pikes Peak National Forest. And folks, okay, I got to admit, I'm a little nervous because, uh, you know, not only of her intellect and achievements, but, well, geez, she's just gorgeous. Um, And I'm a guy I can't can't help but not notice. And, okay, for full disclosure and proof that I did win the marriage lottery, I'm immensely proud to claim this woman as my wife. 
Terry Miller. <laughs> so before I dig into this clip and we listen to Zig and, um, and this is going to be a real candid interview folks. Uh, Terry, we've recorded podcasts before, but it's been years and this is the Ziggler show audience's first exposure to you. So thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for letting me. You're so sweet. I'm so honored by that introduction. You made me sound sort of fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just a messenger of truth. Aww. That's my title. Well, hey, so in this clip that we're going to dig into, so folks, Zig spends, he starts off with three minutes of fervently setting the stage. And I think before he came on, they must have given him a few espressos in the green room because uh, he, he's just going after it. So, you know, he's an entertainer too. So you're going to get three minutes of that. Uh, and he shares a picture of what it's like when a couple first meets. And if your experience as he shares it is not the same, Please just stick with the point. I mean, do you act now with your spouse as you did when you were courting uh, or dating? And do you hear that and think, well, geez, that's not even possible. Well, uh, you know what? I tell you that feeling I do understand, seriously. And it's what we are going to, Terry and I, dig into together. I mean, friends, as I, as I mentioned, we've been married 23 years. We've had seven kids by birth and now two more by adoption. And I've had dramatic, taken us through dramatic ups and downs in business and finance. Uh, we built a house while popping out some of these kids. And my bride and I, uh, Terry, are both, I would say, I was trying to think about this, Terry, we're maybe a little higher strung than most, uh, <laughs> which makes things even more interesting. Our relationship often ebbs between absolutely awesome and sometimes tragically challenging. Um, I mean, if you, want a, yeah. if you want a good snapshot, <laughs> I was going to say, check out the movie The Notebook, which we own because we mm. literally relate. So we're going to listen to Zig's clip and then talk. And, and now Terry... Uh, has not heard this clip, so it'll be totally candid on her part. I have listened, of course, and I pulled out some of the issues, as I always did with Zig's messages and, and, and uh, other people's messages, for us to dig into and see how can we engage and really uh, digest a point and create positive change in our lives. So, if, And if Terry and I end up in a debate, well, you know what? That happens in marriage. So uh, it's a uh, precious, sacred, glorious, and, and volatile union sometimes for all marriages, <laughs> I, I think. So if you're ready, then uh, here we go. We're going to go. This is Zig again on stage talking about a topic of courtship after marriage. And again, he spends three minutes having some fun setting the stage. And then really, I think it's right at about the three minute mark. He drops into the crux of a massively important issue for a truly successful marriage. So we're going to sit here and listen to it with you guys. And then we're going to dig in. Here we go. Want to have a beautiful relationship? Want to have an exciting marriage? Want to have a loving marriage? Want to have fun in your marriage is the question. Then let me suggest that you start the whole courtship process over. Do you remember how it was when you first met? You remember? Ladies, you know, you went home and you said, Oh, Mom, I met him. You met who? Oh, Mom, the cutest boy. Oh, Mom. Now, he doesn't look like much, but Mom, you have absolutely got to see him. And you remember how it was, fellas, after you had met her and you'd gotten that first date and how excited you were. It was going to be next Thursday night, you remember? And the date was at 7 o'clock and you only lived five miles from her, but you cranked that old jalopy up at 6 o'clock just in case you had a flat. You don't want to be late. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened on the way down. 
you had that flat, and you got to walk two miles back to the service station to get the tire plugged up because you don't have a spare, and you realize you're running late, and so you call that little girl, and you say, honey, I'm running a little bit late, but I'll be there. Don't worry. And you remember, ladies, how you responded when you said, oh, that's okay, honey. I'm glad you called, though I would have been worried, but I'll be ready. And of course, when he got there, you obviously were not ready. I mean, you made the rascal wait that respectful 15 minutes. You remember that. And you remember when you made that grand entrance on that first date, how you put that best foot forward? I mean, you came prancing out of there. You remember when all of that took place. And you know that little girl been running up and down those front steps every day for the last 19 years. But all of a sudden, you guys become concerned about her ability to negotiate those steps. I mean, you help the poor little thing down. Some of them are seven inches high. When you get out to the car, no female girl could be expected to open that monstrous thing. So you open it for her and you help the poor little thing in and you gently and snugly close that door. Do a double check on the seatbelt. Make absolutely certain she is secure and safe there in the confines of your automobile. You drive down to the movie and you load up on popcorn and peanuts and candy and, and the whole bit. You go in and you wolf yours down just absolutely as fast as you can and then you volunteer to help her. And you've been seated, you know, 30 or 40 minutes and you remember you had a little plan in the back of your mind. You remember you got tired of sitting there and you started to stretch. <laughs> you clever rascal, you. <laughs> and that hand just happened to drop in the right place. You remember when you were doing all of those things, how you would move heaven and earth. You'd plot and plan. You would do everything to get your beloved off by herself for 15 minutes, any time, any place, under any circumstances. And then one day you got married. Dr. George Crane says this, if you find yourself falling out of love, go back and court your mate like you did when you fell in love and you will fall back in love. Now, I want to emphasize something. You might not agree with some of the steps that I advocate that you take, but the steps are not the important thing. I'm talking about a principle. What you want to do every day of your life for your mate is do something for your mate that your mate is totally capable of doing for themselves. If they can't do it, you have an obligation and a responsibility to do it. But if they can do it and you do it for them, you're saying, honey, I sure do love you. You're important to me. This reminds me of something that's important. Now, folks, I'm from another generation. I still say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. I still believe in some of the old-fashioned approaches to life. For example, in all the years the redhead and I have been married, I honestly don't think she's opened the car door for herself a dozen times when I was there. Now, obviously, she's capable of opening that car door. That's a simple thing to do. But I love to do it because every time I do it, it is a reminder to me. Here's the person I love. Here's somebody that's important to me. I take special delight in doing this little thing. Ladies, I've often said to wives that if your husband gets out of that car and walks away without acting like the gentleman he ought to be, 
what you need to do is you just sit on that horn. You remind that rascal that he has a responsibility to you. What it does, as I say, it really serves as a marvelous reminder. It really does. One of the things that I hold so important, and that's always, fellas, to keep your wife the most important person when you're with anybody and everybody. From time to time, it happened as a matter of fact on this last trip out of town. From time to time, I'm picked up by a couple. And many times, the wife wants to sit in the back seat. On many occasions, the husband has even suggested that the wife sit in the back seat. I'm flattered that they want to honor me, but that is a misplaced concept on the part of that husband. His wife is the most important person on this earth to him. She occupies that seat up front by him. I would never dream of sitting in that seat if there is a wife along. Honor your wives, fellas. They will love you for it and respect you for it. Ladies, let me say something to you, and fellas, let me say something to you. When you and your mate get back together at the end of the day, you have no idea during those first few seconds what has been taking place. Welcome your mate home. What a difference it'll make. Treat your mate always as if they've had a tough day. A lot of times they have. Whether they have or not, though, they'll be grateful to you that you did. I talk about commitment a lot because that's the key to the whole thing, really. The commitment is strong. You can work out so much. Folks, in this talk on marriage today, again, with it being a focus that we haven't given to The Ziggler Show before, if you find value in it, we really want to know. And I'm going to ask you to go into iTunes and leave a review on this marriage focus, uh, if you liked it, again, I'm not. If you, did, if you didn't like it, let me know offline. But if you did, go in there, help us out with the review that helps our rankings. Um, but also let us know if it had value, and we'll know whether to continue uh, putting these inserts into the Ziggler Show on marriage, which again was one of Zig's primary focal points that he came back to time and time and time again because he did not experience success in his life, and he didn't experience it in the lives of others. Uh, if they did not have success at home, one of his primary focal points. So asking you to let us know, leave us an, a review in iTunes. All right, folks, that's actually part uh, of a section that he did there. And we're going to hit the, uh, hit the rest of it at, at another show, but uh, I'm going to take us to that three minutes in Mark after he kind of set us up And he dove in with that quote from Dr. George Crane that said this, if you find yourself falling out of love, go back and court your mate like you did when you fell in love and you will fall back in love. That's where we're going to start. Before we do, I've got a gift for you. If you go to audible.com slash Ziggler right now and type in, in the search engine, uh, the search section up there at the top right, courtship. The first thing to pull up will be, it's called, it's titled The New Courtship After Marriage, Romance Can Last a Lifetime by Zig Ziglar. It's an audio, of course, and it's narrated by Zig. It's from an incredible series done by Nightingale Conant on uh, personal development. So over to the right of the product, it says, learn how to get this free. Well, if you use the special address that I just gave, audible.com slash Ziglar, 
again, don't forget the Ziggler part on the end of there, you'll get a free 30-day free trial membership with Audible. I mean, folks, you can get nearly any book in the Ziggler Library right now at audible.com slash Ziggler. There's over 40 Ziggler resources, including the all-time classic bestsellers See You at the Top and Born to Win. Audible is the leader in audiobooks, which is the number one format books are consumed in today's world. Uh, Audible literally carries over 180,000 books in audio format immediately delivered to you. So again, go lift your life now with a free 30-day free trial membership at audible.com slash Ziggler. All right, so I'm going to read that quote from Dr. George Crane again. It says, if you find yourself falling out of love, go back and court your mate like you did when you fell in love and you will fall back in love. So before we discuss the issue of courting and dating, Terry, I wanted to focus on that first part, falling out of love and not beat around the bush with it. I mean, there are many people who have been married for a while, whether two years, 20, 40, whatever, who could hear that and say, well, I've I've never stopped loving my spouse. But the quote then references when you fell in love. So Terry, I'm going to ask you to talk on on that, just the, the differentiating uh, aspects or, or, or levels, or, I mean, you know, there's love falling in love. I think there's a difference there. Um, gosh, I think absolutely. Yeah. This is so on the spot. Okay. Right away. I thought of, well, love the commitment of love in our marriage is an action. It's a choice. It's a decision I make by my will to love, to love my husband, to love our marriage, to care and serve, but being in love. Yeah, that seems different. And I, I mean, I have to honestly say that there have been seasons throughout our 23 years where, you know, we've had, after we've been married a long time, you know, we've had seasons where we were still very in love. And then we've had seasons where we loved one another because we were committed Mm -hmm. and that's it. The in loveness was not there, but I, I think of, um, just different seasons we've gone through where maybe we've even gone through a really hard time and then we come out of that. And uh, an example that I can think of is when I'm driving in town and I see your car parked somewhere or I I see you driving and I kind of go, and I get this little like, oh, this little catch and this flutter in my heart. And that is such a sign of having that in loveness. That's how it used to be when we were first dating. The first moment that I would see you, if I hadn't seen you all day, I would have a little like, oh, Oh my goodness, flutter in my heart. And when we can carry that through and have that later on in marriage, what a gift, but it's not going to be there always. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that, and I wonder, I I hope that, or I'd like to think that, do we just lose it or does it take a back seat sometimes? And we kind of go into that. Well, you, you've talked before about, okay, you know what? I, I love you right now. I don't like you much. And, and I mm-hmm. felt the same way yeah. way too, but we're talking about hopefully a seed or a thread of keeping alive the aspect of being in love. Yeah. Again, as opposed to that, I mean, I think especially for guys, but maybe, maybe for both, we see a lot of marriages where, yeah, we stay committed. We're devoted to each other. We love each other. And it's just a massive example of endurance. Yeah. Yeah, where you're just, you're going through the motions, doing what needs to be done. Oh, wow. Okay, so I just thought of a great example. Um, Our 20th anniversary. Okay, so listeners, you should understand that when we got married, we didn't have two nickels rubbed together and we didn't really have a honeymoon. Okay, well, we didn't have a honeymoon at all. I think we had a couple of nights at a cabin or something. I don't remember. 
But anyway, so 20th, we got to have this fantastic trip. It was the first time we'd done anything like it. We had a week, just the two of us, at Marco Island on the beach. It was fantastic. It was just a dream come true. Um, But here's the thing. When that trip was looming and during that season, we were not doing really well in our marriage relationally. Um, Kevin was very, very busy. I was, was I, I don't think I'd started my master's degree yet, but I was, um, you know, I was heading that direction. We were both just super busy. I think I was very overwhelmed with the children, with homeschooling, and it was not a great time. We were not connecting. And I don't think I had that flutter in my heart for you at all for, you know, a year probably. And then we went on that trip, a full week together just hanging out. You had to work some, I remember that, but it wasn't much. And I mean, just the time we talked, we laughed, we connected you know that, in lovely ways. <laughs> you know, I, I think I remember being out on the balcony over the ocean and we recorded a podcast. This yeah. was back with, uh, when I was doing my free agent, uh, free agent Academy podcast, free agent uprising. Actually, I think we did one. Mm-hmm. I think we did one then you're, and you're right that time. Well, so I want to talk on that. Well, I I was just going to say that. So following that trip, I feel like that trip launched us then into a season where that flutter was back, that in loveness was back, which what I kept thinking a minute ago is it's time. It's just time together. If I am not around you a lot, I forget why I fell in love with you. I forget that I even like you because we don't have conversations. We don't connect. That's, I think that is the vital thing to carve out time for each other and a date night. Okay. That's good. But a getaway is even better. Ever since that trip, we have, we have decided we have to have that, you know, at least a couple of times a year, we need to have a significant getaway where we have time together to remember why we love one another. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted to ask about, because I think that even as you talk about times when I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers 
and buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me, and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. A probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long-term cumulative benefits. Seed is a company that makes a symbiotic, which is actually a unique mix of probiotics and prebiotics. Probiotics are beneficial bacteria and prebiotics are food for these bacteria. So Seed's symbiotic containing both helps balance my gut bacteria. So together, the Seed DS01 symbiotic benefits my gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Taking seeds, DSO-1 symbiotic, and avoiding the foods I know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none. I trust seeds clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals. You can entrust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash drive and use code 25DRIVE to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash drive, code 25DRIVE. Uh, that aspect subsided some because of life, because of conflict, because whatever, that there's got to be some deposits. I mean, I don't think we could possibly do that if we went for a year with no deposits into our, uh, in lovedness, our, our romantic, uh, you know, passionate relationship, our affection for each other. And even to what Zig's talking about, cause he's not talking about a wild, wild nights on the town with the redhead. He's talking about the daily affection mm-hmm. and care that you do and show, uh, that is, I, I like the word affection. Cause even that's more than, okay, I do this, you do this. And we have these duties that we do for each other, but the actual, um, offerings of affection, the point being though, it seems like, I think we've done somehow we've done a job of doing it enough to keep it alive even during those valleys to where then we do have the chance to come together. It works because you know that we, there's people out there and we've talked with them before that says, you know what? We, we tried that. We went and had that time together. We just had nothing to talk about. Oh yeah. That's, that breaks my heart. Well, so coming back again to those. Well, so, so on that, so like Dick Zig talks about, you know, courtship and you're together and it's giddy and it's all that. And then you get married and in my head went to, and then you get into the duties of life. Okay. You both came together. It was like this event that brought you to, you're looking for that relationship. You know, you're, you're, you're naturally inclined to seek love and you come together, you marry, and then you are both okay. And it's great and fun, but then you're looking at where we're going to get a house and you do that and you get a mortgage and you get utilities and you start getting these ties tied down things. You get jobs. Okay. Let's really look into our jobs or, or, and, or then at some point you have kids and those duties pile up and you end up in that partnership. Now this marriage is more a partnership in the business 
of doing this family and life. And it's, and so I think to hear that, go to hear his statement, now go back and quit back to that quote, go back in court. Like you did it. There's a reality of feeling like I, that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, in part of his marriage clip uh, on stage, Zig talked about that it was a sales presentation for marriage. So on the topic of sales, which was Zig's favorite profession, if you're engaged in sales in your work or business, efficiently tracking and following up with prospects and leading people through the sales cycle can be tedious. So Pipe Drive is not only a proud supporter of The Ziggler Show, we also use it at Ziggler, and I'm just about to start using it at a medical clinic. It's a CRM tool that specializes in small teams. So with pipe drive, the pain and frustration of tracking deals with email and spreadsheets is gone forever. Entrepreneurs really like pipe drive because it visualizes your sales pipeline, highlighting opportunities and potential problems, ultimately ensuring important activities and conversations don't get dropped. So head over to pipedrive.com slash Ziggler to start your exclusive 60 day free trial only available to listeners of this show. Again, that's pipedrive.com slash Ziggler. It, and I don't, I mean, I think we can get close. It is impossible, but okay. But that's a standard we want to strive for. Yeah. Um, I mean, my goodness, it's just like, <laughs> you know, oh, I need to follow Christ. I'm going to be Christ-like. No, that's impossible, but it's a standard I'm going to strive for. And I think that's, you know, that's a great perspective. I feel like for us, and this is, I mean, everybody's story is different, but for me, I'm sitting here as you're talking and I'm remembering back and in those early years of marriage, and I feel like we, I still had that giddy feeling for you. I think what changed it was children, was childbirth. Um, I, I love being pregnant. Giddiness is there. You never treat me better than when I'm pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that the giddiness was fully there, but it was after the baby's born. It's that exhaustion. It's the nursing. It's the, um, you know, not getting much sleep. It's all the responsibilities that pile up. And I think that's, I can remember, you know, seasons, that's when the seasons began that it was duty and, um, just going through the motions and partnership instead of giddy and loveness. Yeah. Well, I mean, so on that, when you think about the giddy, let's talk about the giddiness, that feeling, that emotion that in coming together initially during that courting time, that dating time, that there is, of course, it's easy to put in there, a, you know, a physical attraction, which is, is awesome. And I don't want to talk about that in a second, but that, but that's not all of it. You, you have the, I think generally people, gosh, you, you talk on the phone forever or you stay up all night talking or you're constantly sharing and stuff because generally you come together or I think that the best, the healthiest way is when you have shared values, you know, shared values and shared interests to a, a degree that you're doing life together. And you've been talking about this recently after the book that you read, um, Oh, what what is it? It's uh, a severe mercy. A severe oh mercy. my goodness! Right. If you want to read a beautiful book about relationship, a severe mercy. And they talk about the great togetherness, and that is a struggle because you both have your duties. I mean, to raise a family, you've got to divide and conquer to a degree, mm-hmm. and that takes you apart. And and there's some aspect. I mean, you can't come to my work and work with me or for me. I can't go to your work and work with you or for or or if one of us is working and one's doing kids. Or yada, yada. I mean, it, there's the realities of that. That's where you could say, yeah, it's impossible to be just like we were when we were single and right at the beginning. But what are the key pillars? And I didn't write this thing out. But if you said, you know, physical, uh, shared interests and, and passions and uh, uh, values, mm-hmm. uh, even that when you don't have that, 
it's very difficult. Then it does come back to, gosh, now we had time together and what do we talk about? So there's got to be those deposits, mm-hmm. which is like anything. I mean, you're not going to, if you, if we know this from, from an athletic aspect, if you achieve a certain level of fitness, let's say, and you miss three days and do a little bit and miss three days and do a little bit, you can maintain uh-huh. a great level for a long time. However, if you miss three months, you've just plummeted. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, how relevant for that is us in our marriage that if we go that long without connect, like you were talking about, without really connecting, um, it's it's going to be harder and harder and harder to revive. And so, again, I think this fits right back into what Zig's talking about. It's those daily deposits. Did he ever open the door for Gene, the redhead? And you know what? He didn't really feel like it. Oh, you bet. <laughs> I'm <Did>, sure. <laughs> did she do whatever thing? And I don't know what she did. She made coffee for him in the morning. I, I know, I'm sure that there was an equal list there. Mm-hmm. Did she ever do that when she was upset because he came home late from another business trip? Mm-hmm. He didn't notice what she'd done to the house or didn't notice her haircut or he didn't ask her about her life. He just went on talking about it. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know yeah. his kids would attest to that. But yeah. did they make those deposits sometimes out of duty, but you keep doing them and it feeds into the in-loved-ness. Yeah. Um, a great, I don't know, a section um, in this book, A Severe Mercy. I'm going to refer to that again. It's by Sheldon Van Auken, V-A-N-A-U-K-E-N. And it's it's an old book from the 1970s, but it's well, just beautifully written. Well, and I think it came to a claim at some point because it, it contains literally mm-hmm. 10, 15 letters from C.S. Lewis to this guy. So it's very much yeah. C.S. Lewis-ish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully written. Um, anyway, the author talks about, it's it's um, a great story of his marriage and their relationship and the work that they did on it and the beauty that was there. Um, it's not perfect by any means. And there, it's a very, very honest, beautiful story. Um, he talks about that early on, they decided that uh, respect is a big one. They decided early on that they were going to honor and respect anything that the other one was interested in. And this was the premise. Now I'm totally paraphrasing because I don't have the book in front of me, but the premise was um, that say he would assume if his wife was into gardening, that gardening must be pretty fantastic because she was fantastic. And so anything she was interested in, he was required, they decided early on, he would be required to be interested in as well to at least try it out. And so that there was never a point where one of them say would, um, you know, get in, get excited about something like, I want to start a new chia seed diet. I'm totally, that's not in the book. I'm making it up. But so they, you know, say the husband's like, I'm going to start a new chia seed diet. And she would never be allowed to go, oh, that is so ridiculous. What a dumb idea. You can't live on chia seeds. No, that she had to first assume that he was a fantastic person and so he had fantastic ideas and that this idea was well worth considering and giving value to. It didn't mean that she had to join in the chia seed diet, but she had to respect it and honor it and give it equal value. And he did the same for her. Well, I like that value. And I was talking with our oldest son recently about that value. It doesn't mean you have to have the same interest. And I use us as an example. I don't expect that you may want to go on a two hour run with me and I'm not 
as fond of swimming as you are, but, but we do share the joy of outdoors and adventure and fitness and wellness, that kind of thing. That's, that's a unit. It doesn't mean we have to do, do and, and like the same things. Not that you don't ever, you know, go on a run or a hike once in a while, or I swim with you, but get, get the point there. Well, so when we hear, and I want, I want folks you to hear, because again, we don't hear the bad part of Zig's marriage. I'm sure there's some challenges. So I'll share that uh, ours has some, when I hear some of the couple who, oh, we're just lovey-dovey, everything's just perfect, and we just love each other, and whether they've been married five years or 50 years, my first thought is, well, you know what, you're pretty shallow, because you must not be going very deep. Now, that may be unfair, but for, for what anybody listening to us right now, for you to think that after 23 years, I, I don't, I've lost count of how many marriage counselors we've seen, how many times <laughs> we've done that. And to some extent, now I'm sure I know we can go back to them because there's scars that will will never leave. Where we've had valleys where we questioned the uh, success of this marriage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that I'd say that we thought you know about divorce or something. But the the thought of you know what this is it. This is as good as it's going to get. We're going to settle for the rest of our lives and just be that couple that's been married for 50 years and uh, there's no love in there. So that's not us, folks. So as you hear us sitting here talking hopefully in a healthful way about it, it comes from, um, it comes from some pretty dire depths. Uh, and with this talking about keep, did you want to say something? Oh, I was just going to say just specifically, yeah, that 10 years when we were about 10 years, um, into our marriage, we went through a really, really bad spell. We hit a wall. It was bad. We both were struggling with some things, you know, baggage that we each individually needed to deal with and how it had, um, damaged our marriage, how it had shaped our marriage in some pretty negative ways. And we had to address that. And I think it's, you know, with anything, you're any relationship, you're going to have cycles. You're going to have, um, seasons that you go through and you can, and if you don't go through these seasons and cycles, you're not going to grow. You're not going to continue to become a stronger relationship. You're not going to continue to become a stronger person. And so it makes sense. I think it's good and healthy. We all have baggage from our childhood, from our early lives, and we bring that into marriage. You just can't help it. If you never address it, you're never going to get any better. And the addressing it is so painful. And we had to go through that painful time. Uh, It was bad. (laughs) We came out on the other end so much better, such better people for one another and for the world. And we hit another bad spell um, about 20 years into our marriage. Yeah. Uh, 21. And and when you say bad, we mean really, really bad. Cause there's a lot of times in between there. I mean, there's not a, there's not a month goes by a year goes by six months. I don't know where we don't, you know, hit some turbulence and sometimes hit, you know, we're in a bad spell for a while, but she's talking bad, bad. Like I was never divorced because that's just not anything that either one of us would consider, but I was ready to say, you know what? I'm just going to pack up the kids and go someplace else. And when you are ready to be nice, you can come join yeah, us. Yeah, Well, you literally said that <laughs> once. I remember I did. It, it was impactful. Yeah, but then we hit it again, you know, about 10 years later. But I can honestly say it was awful. It was terrible. It was painful. And now here we are on the other side of it. And I mean, it's, we are so extraordinarily different. It is amazing. Our marriage is back into that giddy in loveness again. And I'm such a better mom to my kids. I'm a better 
I'm a better woman. I have more value for the world. And if we had not gone through that hard time and confronted, confronted some of the, the weaknesses and struggles I was having and that Kevin was having, we wouldn't be the people we are now. Yeah. And I still don't think that we are even halfway to the health I hope we get to, which I'm going to mention something mm-hmm. on that. But Absolutely. I, I, I want to I come back to I, – I do want to come to a, another point that Zig brought out that I, I want to hit on. But before we leave it – and I don't really want to – I don't intend to spend a whole lot of time here. But just on the in-lovedness, we talk a lot about the romantic aspects of love. Song of Solomon in the Bible, passion – physical intimacy, all that. And that is one that for us is a pretty big pillar. And I think even more so as we see couples who have some good health in their marriage, but that's not one of them. That's something they left behind at some point. It's a significant deficit in their relationship. And I think that there's folks even close to us that look at us a little oddly as we spruce up and head out and have have some romantic times. And yet I, I can't, I can't understand our marriage success without it. Absolutely. I think a funny thing that I think about a lot, if we're going to have a date night or go out or whatever, I don't even know when we came up with this, but at some point, um, we decided that if we're going to, you know, be sexy to one another, if we're going to be attractive to one another, I need to spend the time as a woman to be attractive to myself. I need to be sexy to myself. But the funny thing that we came up with was, I don't know, you basically said something like, oh, honey, you're always sexy to me. But when it's really good is when you're sexy to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that has been a really important thing that we've we've always done in our marriage is that um, we'll have a date night or a special time. And I try to this, oh gosh, here's a practical application, gals. <laughs> I try to shut the bathroom door, the bedroom door, and I don't get dressed for that special event in front of him. So that if, if he saw me that morning and I was just a wreck of hair going all over the place and, you know, just no makeup and who knows, milk slobber all over my <laughs> shirt, you know, from the babies or whatever that then I try to let the next time um, that he sees me, that I'm beautiful, I'm fixed up, and I have to feel beautiful to myself. Mm-hmm. And that takes that takes time to, you know, spend that hour, shower, curl your hair, do your makeup really extra special, put on an outfit that makes you feel beautiful as a woman. And then you're going to be that much more um, giddy when you see your man. So, so let me, I'm, so here's a soapbox that Terry, you know, well, but I'm just thinking about it in the context of the Ziegler audience who, yes. Oh, I'm so going to interrupt though. Cause I'm just right. afraid I just did a, um, a gender stereotype thing. Hey, I just told my side of it. Kevin does the same. When we go out on a date, well, he knows yeah, the yeah, yeah. sexy pants that look good <laughs> on his Okay, no, no, that's, ex- no, that's exactly no, that's exactly <laughs> yes. where I'm going because at, with this, I know there are a lot of people, and I'm going to step on your toes, 
who feel like, you know what, we're mature enough now. Can't we get past that? You know, I, they, we know we love each other. Do we have to go through that effort? And yet they're the same people. I'll see this with men and women who don't ever make the effort for each other in the light of what we're talking about. And yet if they're going to go out to a social group, the guys, the, the girls, you know, I don't care if it's a guys going to smoke cigars, they're going to put on some things that make them feel good, their own self image. They're going to do some things to impress their friends. Uh, I mean, people do this with their cars, their homes, and uh, a business group, you know, I, I think there's a lot of times when I'll see a man or a woman and man, they're going to a business gathering and they are putting on a suit. They are making sure that their hygiene is good. They're putting on cologne. They're doing all these things. And if they won't do that for each other, I mean, why on earth, where did that come from? Where, where did we uh, decrease the level of respect we would have for each other? Because I think a lot of people, I think it's laziness to where you then say, oh my gosh, we, you know what? We're married. Can I just come home and put on my grungy stuff? Yes, sometimes, but can you have some other times when you both care about each other enough to do what you would do for so many other people and in so many aspects of your life? Friends, I'm inserting a quick note into this previously recorded podcast. Uh, This is literally on my iPhone. I was sitting in my living room just a bit ago amongst my family, just putting the show notes together to send to Bert Newman, our guru who produces the podcast audio. I have to send a title for the show when I send it to him. Uh, Title's incredibly important. When tens of thousands of people see it in iTunes or Stitcher, they may make a decision on whether to listen to the podcast or not just based on it. This show topic is important. I care deeply about it, getting out to people, and any show title I came up with just felt vanilla, honestly. Not very compelling. Something like success in marriage or strong relationships or something that is unfortunately just I don't think would grab people enough. Uh, it wasn't just wasn't compelling. So my mind went back to this segment in the show where we talked about people's propensity to, to dress and prepare for social engagements or work and yet not do it for their spouse. And what came to mind was having an affair. Uh, I've un- or unfortunately known People, many people, not many, uh, an unfortunate handful who have had an affair, people I knew in my life, a couple that I walked closely with through the consequences of it, uh, whether they were the victim or the perpetrator. Uh, and they often had a a dull, lifeless, or very troubled marriage where they quit investing to a great degree. Again, back to Zig's comment or his his, his platform here of if we would go back in court our spouse, if we would now, like we did when we met them, things would change. And so with these folks, I I recognize that they came home and they brought their spouse far less than their best. Uh, And this is something that didn't happen overnight. It was a gradual deterioration over time. And then some new relationship brings that life-giving relational zest back into their life. And they do the things that their marriage needs. They court, they date, they give love and affection and reach out and make positive deposits in this new relationship. I've seen the same thing happen in divorce where things decline and there is an ultimate divorce. And at some point later, the person starts to regain what was lost in themselves, even physiologically there and emotionally. And uh, they join a gym, start eating right, start pursuing inspiration in their lives and, and realize, you know, to attract the new, a new love into their life, they need to be attractive. And this, again, goes far beyond just mere physical attractiveness. I'm talking about uh, acting attractively, loving attractively, serving attractively. Well, folks, to Zig's message, what if we did this in our own marriage? 
It's not the crux of this message. I mean, respect and care and investment overall is, but this is a good hook, which you can take for some marketing education. I mean, folks pursuing, you know, pursuing weight loss will often, uh, people, people who are pursuing weight loss will often cite that there is a thin fit person inside of them. They just need to bring them out. Well, inside of you is a respecting, affectionate, honoring husband or wife who can sweep their spouse off their feet, who can treat them with the value they deserve or, or treat them. If, and if that's really hard, treat them as you want to be treated. Okay, back to the golden rule. I know this won't be an easy perspective for some to accept, which probably means you need it even more. If you hear this and feel like, you know what, I just don't have that desire anymore. I, I challenge you with, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you could say similarly that you don't have a desire anymore to eat life-giving, healthy food because you've grown a fondness for unhealthy food. You could say you don't have a desire anymore to invest in your kids as you're just busy and tired at the end of the day would rather chill out on the couch and just watch TV. You could say you don't have a desire anymore to dress up for work or church or anywhere and prepare yourself. you just rather wear sweats and a T-shirt and not have to hassle with it at all. Well, you know, those things are not going to lead to life. And you're here listening to The Ziggler Show because you, like me, are pursuing fervently life, the best that life has to offer, to be fully alive. Well, friends, we're talking about making it an effort to invest in the most life-influencing relationship you have. If it's not vibrant, I'll absolutely guarantee your life as a whole is not vibrant. You may have a vibrant spot in an area or or two, to a degree. Maybe it's going to be hard if this place isn't. Overall, though, I know you're going to have a cloud because in the time at times that Terry and I talked about in the show where we have not had that vibrancy, it affects everything to a great detriment. So as Zig said, and we covered in a recent show, you get out what you put in. Trust that in your marriage, that you'll get out of it what you put into it. Give it your all. We, we, I believe in you. It's, I think it's a good balance. Yeah. What you're talking about, because Um, I, I do want to feel that I can let down and be myself and that, um, like we, we say the phrase often too, that I, I so long to be fully known and fully loved that, I mean, we both do all humanity does. I'm not saying just me, but that's all of us that we all desire that. Can I have no makeup and baby spit up in my hair and I'm in my old nasty jammies and I'm disgusting. And you look across at me and say, I love you so much. That's, that's what we long for. But then there's got to be that balance. Just like you said, there's got to be that balance then of taking the time, even if it's just once every couple of weeks, it doesn't, you don't have to kill yourselves with it. There are seasons where we've had a date night once a month. And that's, that's been the deposit that helps us get through the rough times. Maybe it was an ideal. There's never a week that goes by that, that we don't come together at the end of the day. And I'm aware that you were thinking you I'm aware if it's nothing more than this, if it doesn't lead to a night of passion, but that you, you know, dressed in a way or, or, or you were thinking of me, that's yeah. what matters. That's what it yeah. says. And it speaks significantly. I'm worth that. You thought about in the same way where for you, I may take the extra time. I, I happened to drive your car that day and I filled it up with gas. And, yes. Well, and that's yeah. kind of a duty, but, but even more so, or even if I don't, even if I go, Oh my gosh, and I've done this. I I had it and I meant to, and then one of the kids, we were late and I I forgot to, but you, the point is for you, I was thinking of you. Yeah. Well, can I, can I take, this is an issue we could make a whole show on, uh, the value of this aspect of of relationship, but what we just went into, if I can go into something that Zig said, uh, 
do this is right out of his clip. Do something for your mate that they can do for themselves. Mm-hmm. If they can't do something and you do it for them, well, then you've just done a responsibility. But if you do something that they can do for themselves, you're saying, I love you. You're important to me. So I listened to this this morning, hours ago, and honestly, it gave me reason to pause and think about some of the things that I do for you. And there's some of them that fall into, I mean, it's nice, but I mean, that's, uh, it's a responsibility. When I take care of the car, it just so happens that I know how to do that. And you don't, and they're cars that we own. Am I really doing, and that's a responsibility. I I feel like I want to take some things off the plate of things that I think I'm doing to show love. That's just a responsibility. I mean, we can get into some semantics here, but as opposed to doing something for you that you can do, you're perfectly capable of making your own coffee. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us to great things is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis, but now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy. I recommend you try BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule and trying it doesn't involve an afternoon of your time and all the hassle. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapist anytime, no additional charge. You can learn to make time for what is most valuable to you. So visit betterhelp.com slash what drives you today. You get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash what drives you. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Yeah, but you make it for me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And I could That's go. so sweet. <laughs> well, I know, but I could go down through a list. And I don't know, it made me want to think of what are the things that I do for you 
and I'm trying to get appreciation one, which is another issue that sometimes I have to caution myself on just, just do it because it's the right thing to do. Do it between me and God that I am serving you or kids or whatever. Don't do it for appreciation. I so much want to be known and to get appreciation for it. But to get, to think about what are some things that I can do for you that you can do. And again, I think it comes back, especially for those who with families to where you get into doing these partnerships. I do this, you do this. And together we maximize our time and we never take the time to go, you know what? I'm I'm just going to do that out of love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that out of love and showcase that that speaks again to this aspect that Zig's talking about that goes beyond just commitment and duty. Yeah. The word I think of again is, is affection. I don't know why that's I the one that hits that's me. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm really liking that. Yeah. I, I, I want lots of affection in my life. <laughs> well, so what are ways you get, and then it kind of comes into the love languages, which was can't remember the guy's name, but the five love languages. Smalley, I'll look it up. Was it? Yeah, but the concept of knowing how your love, how your your loved one receives love, like that, that would be a great thing. I could, I could, you know, I would hope that with Zig and with uh, the redhead, with Jean, that that was something. Opening the car door was something that she appreciated. She knew she was capable of it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it's interesting again, and I didn't want to get into the the the. the gender stereotyping, like you talked about, because as he's talking about the man, you know, sometimes he's invited to sit in the front seat where the, the wife is sitting, you know, today, a lot of times the wife is driving. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's a different culture these days. Where again, I'm going to say, folks go with the point. There, yeah. there are some cultural traditions that are part of Zig's life. Just like today, they are part of our lives. And if we talk about them 20 years from now, our kids are going to go, what? Yeah. So get, we're going, go with the spirit of, of this, uh, not just the not just the law. Uh, he's talking about these. Well, he even says, he even says then whenever he spoke, this, this is an old fashioned gesture, opening the door. And I'm aware that uh, some women don't even want that, but we're talking about a kindness. Right. Whatever it may be, it doesn't have to be that opening the door thing or like our story. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly what works for me is going to work for you. You know, that you have to get all fixed up and showered and whatever. I mean, you may have a different way, you know, like we've, Oh, I don't know. We have friends who, um, the, the way they find each other, the most attractive is in their sportiness. They love playing sports together. And he thinks his wife is never so hot as when she's in her, her sporty outfits. And, you know, that's when he fell in love with her. She was running on the soccer field. Oh yeah. And he said, that's, that's my girl. Uh huh. So same thing, you know, it's, it's whatever works for you. So my goodness. Yeah. I just happen to like getting all dressed up and wearing heels and skirts and everybody's different. So, yeah. And you know, Kevin, you do that for me, you, um, that cologne that I got for you and you'll come home from work and maybe be kind of a mess and, or, you know, just tired, worn out, whatever. And I so noticed that, that you'll go change, you'll brush your teeth You'll kind of tousle your hair, fix your uh, hair, fluff it up like I like. Kevin has awesome hair. Well, I keep my hair. And you do your cologne. For you. You know, and, but again, that's a, that, that right there. That's an issue. And this is going to definitely step on some toes, though. Uh, one of our show sponsors who didn't pay for this one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Harry's. I love this anyway. Yeah. You know, we're in this phenomenal, or not phenomenal, what, uh, what do you call it, fad of, of beards, which is fine. It's great and whatever, though sometimes I see guys bragging about their big beards. And I think, you know, a lot of times, guys, I think you're doing that for each other. You're trying to appeal to your guy friends. What's mm-hmm. your wife think? How does she like kissing that? Now, some women attest they think they love it. The point being, though, I, I think we do sometimes get into doing things that are about us and about some of our peers and not for our spouse. Yeah. 
I feel like nobody's going to look at me and appreciate and value the way I look more than my husband. I mean, I'm very aware of that. Well, like, and am, I, I, am I worth it? Am I valuable enough for you to do anything, whether it's the way you dress, mm-hmm. which again, this is, it's such a touchy subject because you because you're is. not conforming around me. You're not being a, we don't, we're not talking about being, we, we, but we shouldn't be that dissimilar. We wouldn't have come together if we were that dissimilar. I mean, we came together with some yeah. aspects that uh, of each other that we just naturally gravitated towards. That's yeah. just supposed to be the point. But we're talking about doing some things to honor the other person. That's the that's the that's the imp- that's the foundation of this message from Zig mm-hmm. is what are we doing to show honor and respect and real love, not just a committed, devoted endurance fest, right? But truly, yeah, truly feeding into yeah. the relationship that the marriage, the relationship is almost like a standalone being a standalone entity. And am I, am I doing things that, you know, help grow that entity or am I just whatever going through the motions, thinking about myself? And I think for a lot of folks, if you're listening to this, if any of this resonates, the thought of doing it can seem overwhelming, especially if you're far removed for it. And it may take some literal face to face admission of, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what speaks love to you anymore. I don't know what shows affection. I think I'm doing all these things over here that matter to you. And I don't really know. I mean, I know you're grateful, but do you really care? We've had times of doing that to only to find out that this thing that we were doing for the other person, uh, didn't matter that much. And that there's something yeah. that would matter so much that the other person is not doing and they don't even know about it. I'm going to add something to that, but I can see you smiling. What? <laughs> well, I remember when we were not doing well, we were in a bad slump. What? Two, three years ago. So I don't know. It was when we kind of hit that really bad spell again, four years ago, there was something about leave like the closet light on or something, the bathroom. Oh, like you would, you wanted the closet light left on. If I went to bed before you, because you always go into the closet and switch into your jammie pants or something. And I got real irritated. Cause I was like, you don't even know how I get ready for bed. I don't like the closet light left on. I like the bathroom light left on. And I got all upset and hurt about it. Of course, now it's incredibly embarrassing and stupid, but still that could have been something, you know, that I just talked about. Well, the ridiculousness from my memory too, is I thought I was, I thought I was making an intentional effort to do exactly what you had asked for. I didn't care. I thought I was do. I thought I was opening the car door. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and so so folks too. I'll tell you from personal experience too that if you endeavor to do that and you sit down and talk about it, you're probably going to get into some junk, which yeah. which is going to keep yeah. most people from doing it. And so you're going to stay right where we are. So I'm going to come back to something that you said, Terry, uh, mentioning you know count. Well, we talked a little bit about counseling. Mm-hmm. That that is such a prior, you know, to so many people to think about marriage counseling. And yet we have a lot, what well, we interviewed Dave Ramsey not long ago. We had a lot of Z- uh, Ramsey fans who have no problem saying, you know what? I'm not the master of my finances and some stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm a very smart person. I was just ignorant of that. So I read Ramsey's book and I listen to his stuff and it's helped me get my finances in order. That's no big deal. There's no big self image mm-hmm. problem about that. So why do we think that we are the end all expert to relationship and marriage and understanding the intimate needs of another person? That's ridiculous. I just as well have uh, knowledge of being a heart surgeon. Yeah. There, there's, we're not taught that. 
And yet it's a, why not go get help and think about it? Don't think about it as a counselor. Think about it as a marriage coach or a you know, personal trainer for your marriage, just to help you get some insight. And you may need some help through some significant personal things, but if we could take away the effort of that, I would say that Terry and I have no problems doing that. Now there's still the realities of gosh, how much does it cost and coming to, we've been trying to we, lately, we've been trying to see somebody, a new person and just can't get, it's what three months now we mm-hmm. can't get a stinking time yeah. that works. And we, we would, if we'd made it a bigger priority. Um, but you know, life happens. We understand that the intentionality, but a lot of this is just the care to pursue it. Yeah. Yeah, that it's it's a priority. I think people, a lot of couples, um, well, and we've been in seasons like this where um, I'll put time and money into a gym membership. I'll put time and money into the orthodontist. Um, you know, all the things that we we consult an expert on, our doctor, our CPA, our personal trainer, whatever, you know, physical fitness all these things we seek professionals, we seek help with, and then time just goes on and time goes on and time goes on. And you never seek help for be after Jesus Christ in my life for the most impactful relationship of my life, of your life. It's, it's marriage, it's your spouse. And we can argue that people can say what they want, but you know, research shows your parents your spouse. So in my parenting, in my marriage, after Jesus Christ, that is the most important thing. And too often we put no focus on it, on our marriage or on our parenting, actually. Yeah. Well, in wrapping this up, I think for folks to listen to this, this is a hard subject when we get into marriages. It's uh, it's great. I mean, any of us can make some little adjustments. Any of us can go surprise our spouse today with ju- just doing something of affection. You don't have to make a big deal about it, a big production about it, but just to start making some little deposits, that will pay off huge dividends. There's some that are going to need to get deeper, and even the act of doing that could be volatile. Yet, if you are listening to this show, I know that the I know this about you. You're not pursuing life to settle. You're not pursuing business, work, success, marriage, parenting. You're not there just to settle. And yet, that is one of the I think biggest enemies of marriage out there is just to get to a place of comfort and sustainability to a degree and just keep going there and not dig in. And I would call myself the chiefest of sinners. I'm a guy. I am more prone to endurance than to health and fixing. And a lot of times, especially relationships, I am a rock star in my work. I'm a rock star in dealing with all those relationships and the place where I can be absolutely leveled and incompetent and um, spineless is in my marriage uh, with you, Terry. And, and that's just, just truth. And, and I've been with so many guys that I know that that's, so I'll speak from our part. Um, and yet, if we said, so what, you just good with settling? You good with just a, meh, just a mediocre marriage? Are you good with just, yeah, you'd rather on Friday night watch a game than go out on a date? I mean, what'd you get married for? I mean, we are not here to settle. I'm not here. I know you aren't, but it takes work. And that's what Ziggler's about. It's about inspiring your true performance. So this episode today is inspiring your best marriage, your better marriage. How's that? Your better marriage. Yeah. Your marriage might be well, but don't you want it to be weller? Weller. (laughs) I like that word. Hey, I just also want to point out that, um, I think sometimes people hear the whole, you know, well, let's not settle. 
let's make it weller. Let's make our marriage even stronger. And so then you think, oh, we're going to go on a trip or we're going to get counseling and it's going to be happier. We're going to work on it in a a month or two. It's going to be happier. And that is such flawed thinking. It's not going to happen that way. If you pursue making something better, getting stronger, going deeper, it is going to hurt first. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And you just have to trust, just believe, hear this now, press through, keep persevering, work through those struggles and trust that it is going to be so much better on the other side. That's a perfect place to wrap up. Folks, this is again, a new, as I said earlier, this is a new Focal point. I mean, Zig, again, if you listen to him much, you hear him talk about marriage, but in the Ziegler show, which has been you know, going through the roof, this is not a place I have given focus to. I think it's valid. I've heard some people ask about that. So I'm offering it to you here. If this was of value to you, I'm asking you to let me know. And I'm asking you to let me know at a place uh, that has benefits all around. It helps our rankings as well. But I'm literally, I, we, what we look for it daily. I get uh, up alerts when there is a review left on iTunes. So if you go into iTunes, the Ziggler show and give us a, 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 you can give us a a five-star rating would be great, but give us a review and just say, Hey, I appreciated that. Or, uh, or, you know, even if you didn't, now don't go on there and just diss me. You can talk to me personally about that, but if it had value, go on there and leave a review and let us know that, that it did. And we will continue it and get some other folks in here, some other voices as well. My bride, Terry, thank you. What a gift and an honor. All right. Thanks folks for tuning into the Ziggler show. We will be back with you in the next one. We have a lot of entrepreneurs in the What Drives You audience, so I've got a podcast for you, The Side Hustle Show with host Nick Loper. Nick showcases how you can make extra money through stories and ideas of regular people who made it happen, and that's what I appreciate about the show. We so often hear about the unicorn ideas, and we don't hear the regular stories of regular people doing fairly regular things, like Shelly, who started a travel blog in 2020 and now brings in 50000 bucks a month, or Lenny, who started renting out mobility scooters makes three grand a month. You'll hear stories of people reviewing Amazon products, washing windows, and you'll find inspiration from something that can work for you while you keep your day job. Check out The Side Hustle Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app or at sidehustlenation.com. You can actually answer a few short multiple choice questions at hustle.show and get a personalized playlist of the episodes that'll be most relevant to you. The Side Hustle Show.